0: You're listening to The Retail Perch with Sheikha Rahman and Gary Hawkins.
1: We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more.
0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. Uh, Took a little break there in between, but uh, we were supposed to do this recording last week, Gary, weren't we?
1: Yes, we were. And then schedules and life got in the way.
0: Yeah, as it often does. So anyway, so but fortunately for us, we have a captive guest. Uh, (laughs) And uh, she was not going anywhere. But uh, I can promise you one thing that uh, this is one of the few guests that we know very well. Uh, Most times people come on here, we're probably meeting them for the first time. But uh, Linda Wakem, we've known for several months now. And uh, you're going to enjoy this conversation here. So welcome, Linda, to the Retail Perch.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Shaker. Thanks, Gary.
0: Terrific. And so I think, like Gary mentioned before we kick this off, if you can give us a quick background, you know, where did you come from, you know, uh, uh, and how did you get here? And, uh, you know, then we can kind of jump into the conversation.
2: Sounds great. So, similar to what you guys all know about technology is it changes very quickly um i think as i recap my experience and my journey to where i am today i like to go quickly and make change and be where really at the pulse of what's happening in the industry and with technology so i spent nine years working on the retailer side at giant eagle In that experience, I was in two very different roles. Both benefited me with my knowledge of retail and my knowledge of technology. First, I was about six years in charge of customer loyalty, rolling out the Giant Eagle Fuel Perks program, which is a well-known loyalty program. Um, And then I switched over to the merchandising side and took a leadership role in health and beauty care and learned so much about the interactions with the supplier partners, et cetera. But I understand the merchandising side of the business as well. And then just because I wanted to go where the heartbeat of the business is, I went to the technology side, understanding that to make things really effective for the retailer, you have to have the right technology. So I spent a few years, five or six, at Symphony Retail, and then I went to Instacart, happened to spend the two years during the pandemic working with the Instacart team, and that was a fascinating experience. Um spent a short period of time, about a year on um, another technology provider, and then landed with the bird's team. So I am truly at the pulse of what's happening in technology today. So
0: awesome. Awesome. Perfect. So maybe, maybe we can start off, you know, talking about your retailer experience, you know, on this show, yeah, you'll probably talk to people with all kinds of technology. I mean, like, yeah. From hardware to software to analytics to personalization to uh, voice to what have you, right? So uh, when we talk about these technologies, you know, and you go to these big shows, Linda, like Grocery Shop or Shop Top or even NRF. And as a retailer, you're walking through there. I can imagine, you know, we I can feel the pain of the retailer looking at all these technologies, right? Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, uh, and you put your retailer hat on, What are some of the challenges that retailers face when looking at these technologies and seeing, okay, this is really cool, but what do I have to do to kind of make it work for me?
2: Absolutely. So, and I had a lot of learning experiences when I first went to Giant Eagle in this area, addressing your question, Um, the focus at that time and for many retailers is not understanding I mean, their challenge is not understanding sales, item movement, margin. They know that their systems are equipped to do that. The big question is who is in my store? Who is shopping the aisles? Who are those shoppers? How engaged are they? Are they loyal? Do I get their entire grocery basket in a trip or over the course of you know a few weeks? Um That's really where I feel the data and the technology is a challenge. Retailers are scratching their heads. Um, Most retailers that data lives in no less than 10 disparate systems. So bringing it together, understanding through a customer data platform Who is my shopper and how engaged are they and how valuable are they to me? So when walking through those shows, there's from experience, there's a lot of glitz. There's a lot of excitement going on. And I think for the retailer, the biggest challenge is who has the solution that can accommodate maybe the messy data? And help me pull that messy data together. And then, how do they t- expect me to access that data, understand that data, and find insights and put it into action? What am I going to do with all that data when I have it? So, I hope that answers your question. It's an overwhelming experience.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. No, I, I think that's a good perspective, Linda. And I think you're experience you know both uh, on the loyalty side as well as the merchandising side really lines up with what's happening today uh you know loyalty uh, which in my mind has always been about customer data right And, and you know shopper identified transaction data is no longer just a marketing activity that sits over there it is being interwoven and really embedded in the merchandising function and how retailers, or at least the more sophisticated retailers, are going to market. So I think your background puts you in a really good spot um, you know, for where this whole space is going. But uh, do you agree with that, that, that this is all becoming?
2: Yes, yes. And Gary, it was 14 years ago when, While at Giant Eagle, I was traveling with the head of merchandising to suppliers, to their offices, and talking to them about understanding the shopper at the retailer and the engagement with their brands. And we needed a lot of help back then to get access to the right data. But those conversations aren't new, but the lack of access to the right data mm. is an age-old issue
0: yeah and I guess it's also Gary sometimes it's um clarity in what do you want from that data right I mean it's like it's like the more you know what you want from the data the easier it is to extract it right so, so. And, and and sometimes you want the data to talk to you. But uh, you know sometimes the data talks to you in languages that you don't quite understand <laughs> like you know like you, if you go to the, you know if you go shopping, you got 40,000 SKUs in the supermarket, but you go in with a clear idea of what you want to get out of it right uh, now you might accidentally find things that are interesting that you pick yeah. up but more often than not when you walk into a store you have you're going in with a clear idea of what you want right and there are obviously serendipities. And I feel that when you're looking at technology, you need to have that approach. Hey, I'm I'm looking to solve this problem. And if you find something that's like, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize I could solve this one too. Or I didn't realize I had this problem. Uh, it's always easier to talk to a retailer when they know exactly what they're trying to solve. Right? So,
1: so completely agree with you. Sadly, I don't think a lot of retailers really know what, they are interested in or want to be focused on, right? You know, many of them understand, gee, you know, yeah, I need loyalty or I need personalization, but that's sort of as far as they go. They got the headline, they don't have the rest of the story, right? And so I I think that's where, uh, you know, education comes in, Uh, And and some guidance, right, around, hey, you know, and again, someone like Linda, you know, really any of us now have all got a pretty rich history and experience dealing with all this data and and can help point retailers in certain directions.
0: So Linda, question here, Um, this is maybe more process. So when you think about these organizations, and you know, when you you were a giant eagle, what kind of um, Internal motivations and drive that the organization need to have to actually fully utilize these solutions. Because you know, we we talked about this, Gary, in many many shows where you know you need the executive team to be really behind a certain direction for them to really utilize some of these solutions, right? It's not just about getting it, yeah. Right? So how how did you see that play out in organizations you were part of?
2: And I can answer this from the perspective of many different retailers. My experience working on the software side of the business has been customer facing and working in the retailer site, being on site and meeting with the people internally um, who are asking really the tough questions. So I think that their biggest challenge and the executive team, the questions they're asking, things like, who are our most valuable shoppers? And they always are asking the profitability questions and the debate, the weeks on end that I would sit in the meetings talking about the weekly circular or hot promotions, hot deals. It was giving it to everyone. And Mm -hmm. how can we really refine our strategy and put those dollars to the customers that we really want to grow the relationship and we care the most about? And they couldn't answer all those questions. So the executive team would literally, with a good bit of frustration, say, help us understand how to use those dollars. So there were the marketing dollars, which, you know, spending that money on mass promotions and the shotgun, you know, spray and pray was the way we did direct mail for many retailers. And Getting those retailers to understand that a very targeted approach, a very personalized communication to a shopper will be the way you're going to win. Not spray and pray and not always right. that hot deal on the front of the circular.
1: Yeah. So, right. so Linda, I agree with everything you just said. Many times though, I've seen a disconnect between a stated desire to do this, right? We want to, you know, identify and reward and, and uh, uh, take care of our more valuable shoppers and invest in them, et cetera. And then when it actually comes time to doing it and putting resources against it, you know, some pushback from different parts of the organization. Do you, have you run into that or do you still see that today? So
2: I have seen that in so many organizations, the few that have like crossed the road and kind of come to the other side is a realization that you need a strong partner and In organizations that have tried for years to do it by themselves, to try to figure out what data sources do we need to pull together? What are the algorithms that we need to create? And who are the smart people we need to hire in the investment? What what I have seen is the excitement with retailers who pick a good solution, a good partner, And see that 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 partnership with the right technology and the right resources can deliver the answers in a much better way, a better solution. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest frustrations is they've tried for so long to figure out how to do it internally, and they just don't have the right resources. um, And their resources are overworked already. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Right. I guess that's where, you know, I guess some of these newer technologies come in because they they kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. you know, that pre- previously wasn't really possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, there's so many technologies out there which used to take many people to do that can now be done by, you know, these technologies pretty quickly. So going back to, you know, I've always, you know, you you guys have obviously... Grown up in the grocery industry, unlike me. Although I feel now I've grown up in the grocery industry. <laughs> <laughs> You're an honorary member, Shaker. I know, Absolutely. know. Right? Yeah, but yeah. you know, I always, I always kind of put on, you know, my customer shoes, right? I and I always thought about, okay, as a customer, what is the experience I am looking for that's going to make me loyal to a, a store, right? And then what what does the retailer have to do to provide that experience to me, right? Because very often, I guess, what happens is if you're a technologist or maybe you're a retailer, you're so in the weeds with the data that you forget it's about, you know, that experience. It's what what is that trip like? Were you happy with that trip, right? Did did you get what you need? I mean, and I guess, you know, outside of the technology, it also, there's so many other factors, right? It's. Is the store laid out well or the customer personnel is the experience good you know friendly staff you know uh fresh stuff you know high good quality stuff and there's so many things i mean yes the data is important yes we can do all that stuff but i feel that you know once you level that playing field in terms of that basic experience then is where the data starts coming becoming the difference the differentiator yes. right in terms of what you can do. And, you know, I, I see some retailers like, you know, uh, you got, you know, like uh, uh, Whole Foods or, you know, like in the Aldi's of the world. I mean, they're so different, but yet they're successful. There seem to be, you know, and what did you see? So in the retailers that you worked with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether, well, you were at Symphony or Instacart, what did you see as the difference between retailer A and retailer B in terms of how they execute
2: Great question. One of the things I was going to mention is I remember so many years ago working with an agency to design the visual to help a retailer understand what do we want to accomplish through this journey. And in the center of the image is the shopper. Your customer and the little speaker bubble above the shopper's head says, you get me. And I would start there with the retailers and explain to them, this is the goal. This is where we know we've succeeded. The difference between retailer A and retailer B, I think you use the example of Whole Foods and Aldi and what i find is really interesting is the blur in the industry today is sometimes it's the same shopper with a different like trip in mind
0: mm. so
2: you know the upcoming holidays I'm going to visit that high-end retailer and I'm going to get the finest, you know, organic produce or my fresh turkey. I want a fresh never frozen turkey to serve at my holiday. Um and then there are times when I've got four children to feed and I'm going to go get cereal at the lowest price I can and that might be my Aldi trip or my trip to the club. So One of the things that I always like to talk to retailer A and B is that you need to engage that shopper when they're in the store, which I think they're doing really well with assortment and presentation, but how are you going to get that shopper back in your store? And it's that level of engagement and creating that loyalty and knowing that the shopper is really a fan of your brand and the experience when they come into your store. And then we talk about how do you do that? So I think you come back to loyalty programs and how can I engage the customer? And I don't know that we want to go down that, you know, down that path entirely, but loyalty is not two-tier pricing anymore, Loyalty is something about points and rewards and gamification and feeling like I get this extra added value. And along with that comes the one-to-one communication and engaging that customer, enticing that customer to come back into the store. And a lot of times with the economy the way it is, it's about offers. It's about helping me with my budget for food. So it's becoming more and more important to give the customer a discount and a value at your store. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it seems like there's two approaches here, right, Gary? I mean, you either go two-tier pricing where it almost feels like punitive in some sense. If you don't enroll, you, you pay more, right? Um, yeah. As opposed to everybody walks in the store gets, gets a great price. But I mean, you, know, you can argue... Another way. Another way to look at it is you sign up and we'll treat you in a personal manner because you're giving us your data. We're going to make sure your experience is more personalized and tailored to you. Obviously, the second approach requires a whole lot more sophistication in terms of how you work with your data and how you can deliver and connect with your data. But it seems like more and more shoppers, more and more retailers are choosing to go the second route. Right. Because obviously, you know, even the two-tier pricing, there's a lot of labor involved in managing the pricing difference, hanging the tags, and there's all kinds of things involved in, in trying to do that. Maybe now with ESLs, it's going to become easier, you know, but still, right? Um and to be forced to sign up for a program just to get a lower price seems, you know, going out of fashion, you think a little bit?
1: Uh, think- so I I think to me, it really comes down to how fast, how easy can a first-time shopper, for example, or the occasional shopper sign up or become part of that program to get the price, right? If -hmm. you're going to force me to a form or a website and I've got to give you, you know, information on my family for the last hundred years, no, not going to do that. Uh, If you can make it really simple and fast for me, then sure, I may consider that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think you know, a couple, I'll give you a quick example. Um, you know, we've already started holiday shopping, right? Um, so, you know, I got a request from one of the kids for something. I found it online at a website and I'm never going to do business with that site again, but they were going to force me to go through and set up an account and all this stuff. I said, the heck with it. And I went somewhere else for it. Right. Right. Um, but to the point, if it's fast and easy, I I think that the, and I don't know what the right term is, uh, the legacy or the group of retailers that started getting into the loyalty game, you know, 20, 30 years ago, nearly all of them did use two-tier pricing, right? Because it didn't increase their costs like a points program does, and it provided, you know, strong motivation and incentive for shoppers to join. Um, and, you know, those retailers, you know, like, you know, we did Kroger, so many others then, you know, when they launched, they got to very significant identification rates really quickly because it was a strong incentive. Right. I've, I've seen a lot of retailers over the ensuing years, though, not want to go that route and what my impression, what I've seen is not so much because of, um, you know, we think points is better. It's that, oh, we don't want to differentiate amongst our shoppers. Right. Which if you really stop to think about it, it's sort of stupid idea because what's the whole point of getting all this data at some point you're going to want to differentiate.
0: Correct. Correct. I mean, either, I guess the other way to look at it is, Maybe not differentiate, but personalize better,
1: right? So two two sides of the same coin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, I guess maybe some people interpret differentiate as um, different levels of experience or service. We mean, yeah. we I think what you really mean is maintaining the same level of service, but offering a service that's more valuable to each individual in the way they perceive it to be it, valuable. It, it,
1: yes. Brian Wolf and London. I don't know if you ever met Brian Wolf or know who he is. So. No. <laughs> uh, he was uh, one of the guys that kicked off this whole space 30 years ago. Um, uh, he had been the CFO of Food Lion uh, retired from there. The Coca-Cola Research Council hired him, and he put out the first study on frequent shopper programs 30 years ago. And he and I met shortly thereafter and did a lot of work together. But Brian had a great way to, to state this. You know, he said, as a retailer, you want to provide great service to all your shoppers, but you can reward them differently. Right. Right. That's- and I I... I always thought that it was a great way to to it think is. about this. It is.
0: Mm-hmm. It, is. it is, it is, it is, So, Linda, where where do you see stuff going? I mean, you know, you've seen obviously from a retailer side, you've seen technology. You've been in technology companies. You've seen stuff evolve. What do you think has changed, and what do you think is kind of is has stayed the same? So,
2: at this question, I have to turn my focus to what we're doing at Bird's Eye. Because I think we are cutting edge. We are bleeding edge with what we're doing. Um, I want to mention a few things that are changing the way retailers are approaching loyalty and personalization that Birdseye is making possible. So at its foundation is the data is in the hands of the customer and it's data that is their data. But with the dashboards and the amount of information that we make available to the customer, updated daily or in real time, is unprecedented. So giving the customer or the retailer that knowledge of the customer and the transaction, et cetera, down to the items in the customer's cart, I think, gives the retailer a feeling of empowerment. So it's not like we have magic. We can show them it's their customer data. The second thing is around personalization. So the man hours that retailers have been spending for as long as I know, trying to figure out What are the offers I should give to my shoppers? And the way many, many retailers are still doing this is looking at your KVIs, the most popular items purchased. And Shaker, you mentioned there's like 40,000 items in the store. Um, Probably on a weekly basis, five or 6,000 unique items go through point of sale depending on the size of the retailer. Not every item moves every day or every week, but what we're doing at Birdseye that I love the process and the result is speaking for itself. We are creating a one-to-one offer for a customer. So if I'm that customer that likes apricot jam, and it's a brand that my retailer carries i would love to see an offer for that maybe not the main um share provider in jams and jellies because my apricot jam might be some really unique supplier and that's what I want to see. And because the way we are creating the one-to-one personalization is taking every item in the store and finding what is, what's going to motivate Linda versus what's going to motivate Gary. And do we have a very different way of shopping, even though the shopper profiles look identical, The number of times we're in the store, the number of items in the cart, the average basket size, you know, how many different categories we shop. Gary and I can look absolutely identical, but he doesn't buy my apricot jam. So that's the second step that I think what we're doing is so unique. And the way we have to be able to have that one on one with the customer. The third thing that I think is really incredible. Um everybody knows that when you do personalization it is measurable. Sure, you can see who was engaged in the program, who clipped offers, who redeemed offers and you know how much was their spend before and after. That's fabulous, but what I see us doing is understanding a much more refined customer profile, the details of, now, wait a second. We got more of those loyal shoppers in the store when they had those offers in their digital wallet. We also saw them shop across more categories, the breadth of their shop. I have not seen that metric used until now. So just understanding that it's not just, yes, the customer came in and yes, the customer redeemed coupons. And it's a loyal customer who spends a lot of money in my store. Um, it's so much more than that, and it's about data. Yeah. Mm. So I yeah. think you ask where's the where is it headed? Um, I want like I want every retailer to know what we're doing because this is where we are headed. At lightning speed with the, the changes and the in the new innovation that we have on the roadmap. It's it's it is mind blowing what yeah. we're gonna do. So I, what I guess
0: what you would say has not changed is the focus on improving the customer experience. That's the constant here. It's the technologies <laughs> that are being employed to make that happen, is what's evolving but the central focus is how do we deliver the best customer experience possible and grow that customer right and and that's obviously not going to change yeah just
2: even the the presence of mobile apps in the grocery space so i i worked in grocery before mobile apps existed and who, who would you know how would you not have a mobile app today that is completely personalized I open the app for my retailer and what I'm seeing is so unique to me and things like that. That's where we are today.
1: I Yeah. I, I think just to build on what Linda was saying, I think one of the real fundamental changes that's occurring here in bird's eyes is enabling is finally giving the retailer a way to shift from being driven by cpg brands and vendors and, and deals to that true shopper focus and what do i need what can i provide to each individual shopper today this week you know in terms of of savings on things they want to buy uh, that that is just a, a fundamental change that's happening here um you know something i i Think has been a long time coming, um, yeah. but a, a really fundamental shift. And you know, I think we're seeing a growing number of retailers understand the power of that.
0: Yeah, and I think the the fundamental shift here, Gary, is because we've been in an industry where CPGs have decided, "Hey, this is what I want to promote. Yes, Here's the discount I'm going to give, and so you are limited by those." items that have been funded from a discount perspective and it is it's a it's a top-down approach as opposed to a bottom-up approach right so yeah. so essentially what you have is a torch and it's shining its light on one corner of the room and that's the only thing you can see so you're going to focus on me on that as opposed to now I have a light switch and I've, the entire room's now lit up I can see everything and I can yep. choose to grow the parts that need to be grown as opposed to where the light's shining. So mm-hmm. I think it's that uh, widening these the yep. uh, view of, you know, what do I need to do to really grow the shopper? And, you know, like you said, Linda, you know, it's a dollar off that apricot jam for you. It's a dollar offer, you know, that cheese in Delhi for somebody else, right? So...
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think we're going to look back on this period of time and see it as a very a pivotal moment, right? Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot, Shaker, since the conversation we had the other day. I, I think that, you know, once every great while, you know, historically, maybe every couple decades, a technology comes along that creates fundamental change. In an industry, um, you know, you can look back at, you know, the the uh, the barcode, right? We did a uh, per yeah. episode on the barcode that certainly drove fundamental change in, in retail industry. You know, I can look back at uh, loyalty, you know, 30 years ago as being another moment of, of fundamental change. And I think what Birdseye is enabling today through its technology is another one of those pivotal moments that is is creating a fundamental
0: change in this industry would you agree with that Linda you've been on both sides of the
2: absolutely and one of the biggest um revelations or whatever in my mind was seeing it in action we are not smoke and mirrors and we are not built on a Figma presentation um this is what people talk about that we can touch it, feel it, and deliver it. And that's what I think, Gary, it is, you're right. It is a big monumental change in how grocery retailers can customize on an individual basis how they are engaging with each shopper. The one thing I want to also say, and we could do a whole episode on this topic because I I think it's just fascinating. Um people will say, we want to do what Amazon does. So I bought, you know, a television. And now it's like, oh, because you bought the television, maybe you want a sound bar, maybe you want all this other companion products that most people who buy a television might also buy the gold hdmi cord or whatever um we're doing that with growth offers linda because you buy that apricot jam here is like 5 dollars off the next time you buy a pork loin because that's really good when you're making you know a pork tenderloin, use apricot jam. And um, we're doing that with our growth offers. Growth offers aren't just richer discounts. That's how I used to think of growth. Reward could be 25 cents off. But growth has to be 50 cents off to motivate a shopper to buy an item that's down a little further into the aisle. You're going beyond jams and jellies to specialty balsamic vinegar. Um, I might not want specialty balsamic vinegar, but something that's because you bought A, we're going to give you an offer for B, and that's going to grow your shopping trip and expand your categories. I don't know if anybody else approaching that what else could be in that shopping basket um as a growth offer
1: well and and automating the whole process right? absolutely AI and machine learning so it is mm-hmm. strategic relevant hyper personalized to that individual right and oh, we didn't I...
0: start this episode uh wishing that this is going to be a plug for bird's eye sorry <laughs> We very rarely do, but clearly you're excited about.
2: Um, I certainly like am. And, you
0: think, uh, and
2: you're asking, what is the next big thing? I think we're there.
0: It's yeah. terrific. So, uh, so from a, if there was a retailer listening to this and saying, hey, okay, I love this. What do I have to do to adopt it? What do you think, what should they be thinking? I mean, what's their mindset and what what needs to happen for them to, let's say, go live with something like this in three months or less?
2: So most, the simple answer to that is call us, call one of us, you know, give me a call. I'm on LinkedIn, whatever. That's the easiest answer. Um, I think start with alignment in the organization that there's a commitment to this. And really engaging your shopper. They are frustrated with inflation that it can't be all about price right now. I cannot sell you a jar of mayonnaise at the same price that I sold it to you a year or two ago. So I cannot entice you all the time with price. So get alignment on what do you, how do you want to really customize? that engagement at a shopper level and create the excitement about the relationship that customer has with the retailer. And you go to that graphic I had created, you know, over 10 years ago with you get me. Mm. And a retailer, I think who wants that needs to explore um, how to do that. Like you said, in three months, it won't be an internal solution. You need somebody that is already a very well-oiled machine with the technology, the artificial intelligence, the processes, and the talent.
0: Cool, cool. Look at that, Gary. We did it again. We ran over time so uh, (laughs) it happens all the time with us it's good conversation fun these episodes that we feel we can keep talking and talking but uh, that's why
2: i said we could we could do a whole nother um, episode and talk about the types of offers that
0: customers
2: what motivates a customer
0: yeah and i guess you're one guest we wouldn't have trouble getting back on the show so (laughs) yeah Yeah. anyway run
2: over anytime
0: yeah no this has been fantastic it's a great conversation i
2: I enjoy Uh, it thanks
0: yeah. Yeah. So Gary, anything else before we kind of wind down here?
1: No, great. Linda, thanks for uh, joining us today and great yeah. conversation as, uh, we knew it would be.
0: Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you.
2: I enjoyed Do you want to
0: say anything, Linda, before we sign off?
2: I think I have said my piece. We want your customer to say, you get me.
0: You get me. That's right. Yeah. Get we you. get you. Hopefully that's why you're listening to this podcast. So anyway, thanks for supporting us and Linda has been fantastic talking to you and, uh, We will see you guys around soon. Thank you. Thanks. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook.
1: And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com.
0: Until next time, this is Shaker.
1: And this is Gary, signing off.